Welcome to the Vitality Health Show, where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, along with my co-host, Doug Crockett, and we are the voice of hope healing and miracles good morning doug good morning stephanie it's good to be with you what a great day to do what we're doing right now aren't we blessed we are so blessed very much i just think we are so blessed so before (laughs) we get into the meat of our show we want to thank our sponsors the mindful lab with christine erickson where you can find clarity connection and peace that you can find her at mindfullab.net and we're going to talk a little bit more about that topic today but please listen and look up her she works wonderfully with teen girls specifically so just at mindfullab.net as well as the sunshine family hemp nature's side of health you can find them at sunshinefamilyhemp.com i know since i've been using their products i've been sleeping a lot better it's just been amazing products so go on there and if you tell them or let them know that you heard it on the vitality health show use the code vitality you will get 10 percent off of your of your order and that is sunshine family hemp Dot com. You want to find them. Also, we want to welcome Ellie with Oils by Ellie featuring Young Living Oils. There is an oil for that. You can find her at oilsbyellie at gmail.com. We love essential oils. We use them for everything. It's absolutely fantastic. Also, we want to make sure that you check out Doug's show, which is Miracles When Heaven Touches Earth. And he is on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on everywhere. He's got yep. uh, close to 50, if not 50 shows already. Yes. They yes. are. Every one of them is just a miraculous, amazing show. Oh, you'll, you'll just love listening to the miracles in people's lives and that's one of the reasons we do what we do is to help people learn to see and find the miracles in every day there's always something and that's what Doug so eloquently brings out in his shows that he does when heaven when miracle touches earth so go ahead and look at that on YouTube so with that being said we're going to get to our amazing guest that we have today Corbin is one of my very favorite actors favorite people I've been following him for years and years and years. I love everything that he does. And every time I look for something he's doing, it just comes out. And then when he walked into the film festival two weekends ago that we were doing, Mm -hmm. I... I, I try to be really careful not to be too starstruck. Right. But I was starstruck. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and I can feel the tears already kind. coming on. But he's everything was... in person that we think when we see what he does on his movies and, and everything that he's done in his life. And so it's a blur blessing to have him with us right now. Oh, you're too kind. I'm, uh, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Corbin, I want to get started. I know you've been an actor since you were a young child and you were in Hollywood for a while. You've done films. And I do want to mention that he's got a film that was just in the film festival called Sticks and Stones. And mm-hmm. we will get to that in a little bit as an award winning film already because we got to be there when he got it. That's and right. so it's pretty <laughs> awesome what he's doing. And we just want to turn the time over to you to kind of tell us a little bit about your history, how you got into this business, what you've been doing, and take it from there. Well, thank you, Stephanie, Doug. Thanks for having me on the show and, and a huge hi and, and thank you to everybody that's that's listening or watching. Um, man, it's such an honor. I, uh, it's interesting when I, when I tell my story, every time I tell it, it sounds so, so boring to me, but it, I'm reminded, I'm reminded when I tell people, they're like, Oh, you know what? That's, 
that's a pretty uh that's a pretty twisted and windy track of life you know just taking me all over which way so um yeah i started as a you know i, I grew up in cottonwood heights uh sandy area of of utah um you know born and raised there went to school and always i would say recording it started in very progress it, it started very young i was a um I had this passion for medicine for whatever reason i had almost this kind of morbid curiosity for taking care of people in fact i would carry around a little first aid book and couldn't even read you know and you got hurt i'd run up to you and be like oh you know how can i how can i help you so i had this i had this this desire kind of strange calling ever since i was little an interest in helping people when they were having their worst day and and that kind of stuck with me and then the other thing i loved was pretending i loved stories so a a book a movie um i would spend hours and hours and hours escaping into my imagination whether i was playing with gi joes or legos in my room um and it couldn't just be like the figures i had to like you know i had to throw a white sheet over all the the mess in my room so it could be a snow-covered landscape or a, <laughs> or, a, or a brown sheet would over everything a chair to make it a mountain it had to be kind of everything and and then i would go out and i, I little cottonwood creek was kind of in my backyard and i'd spend i mean every waking hour down there just exploring and building forts and creating this world and so I loved imagination and I loved the concept of storytelling. And I loved in a, in a weird, I don't know if it's an egotistical way. I loved being in control of the story. I liked to, it was like, it was almost hard to play with other kids. Cause I'm like, no, 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 you're screwing it up. You're screwing up the story. The story, the story goes like this. Know yeah. the direction that we're going, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah. So I, I kind of had this idea of how I wanted things to go. Uh, fast forward, I was, I was 12 years old. Um, I got into clogging. I, I became a dancer. I had a friend that was a clogger. And one day I went, my kind of side note, my dad was a professional dancer. My mom had danced. And so it wasn't, wasn't genetically too far out of reach um, for me. So I went and I saw clogging and, and I was like, man, this is, this is really cool. And I love the idea of performing. And so I started clogging got up on stage and and I clogged for years and years but that was really the catalyst for me I was I was actually at a performance and a lady that was there that was a friend of our family's watched me perform and she had remembered that she'd read an ad an advertisement in the newspaper there in Utah for an open casting call for a Disney film so this is how it happened cool so I had never had interest like I didn't even know movies you could even think about being in movies like it didn't see, ever yes. cross my mind that I was oh I was gonna be an actor but this this um, lovely lady fortunately came up to my mom at, at this uh, at this performance and said, "Hey, has your son ever thought about being in a movie? They're casting a movie here." My mom came to me and said, "Hey, do you want to go audition to be in a movie?" I'm like, "Yeah, I want to be in a movie. Of course. Who doesn't want to be in a movie?" So I went on this open casting call with no experience. I didn't know what sides were. I'd never done a play. I mean, I'd never done anything. And I met a casting director. Her name was Sherry Rhodes, and very well known um, casting director in in Hollywood and at the end of my audition, she called my mom in and she's like, now has he done, has he done this before? My mom was like, no, we don't, we don't even know what we're doing here. <laughs> this was an accident. <laughs> just inside and, of him. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And of course I'm oblivious. I'm like, I don't know. I just think there were some lines there and I pretended I was this character and it seemed very natural to me because, because I, like I said, grew up playing, making stories up. And so like saying the words a character might say just seemed 
so natural because I, I gave every G.I. <laughs> Joe dialogue, right? right. I, I, every <laughs> army character in the forest had a monologue at some point, right? So, <laughs> so I was, um, and she said, hey, you know what? You, you should consider taking him to, to Hollywood and, and at least trying. And I could set you up with some contacts. And so my mom's like, okay, you know, kind of apprehensively nodding, yeah. like, sure, this is how they, this is what they all say before they like, you know, your child disappears in the, in the matrix of Hollywood. And so we kind of <laughs> forgot about it. We left, we left the audition. I actually didn't get the part. Um, but I got contacted shortly thereafter by a manager who was a dear friend of Sherry Rhodes, the casting director saying, just kind of begging us to come down. And you know, I grew up, you know, I was, uh, you know, six, six members of my family. This was no small decision. You know, I had my, my parents, my, my siblings, um, you know, we didn't have a ton of money. Um, it was going to be a big sacrifice for everybody. And, um, but ultimately, you know, my mom tried, you know, trying to give us all the opportunity to pursue what interests we had. Um, and my mom and dad both decided that, you know, Hey, this is something we could, we could try to accommodate. Um, but one, one month is really kind of like what we, we had, you know, in the budget. So, <laughs> so we just, so my mom and I jumped in the car, we drove to Hollywood, California. We rented a studio apartment. I met that night with this manager. And then that night I had an, a meeting with two agents. We had dinner and I remember we couldn't, like, we were so scared. They took us to this fancy restaurant and we were like, I think my mom and I ordered mashed potatoes because it would like to share because it was the only thing we could afford on the menu. <laughs> right, right, right. Only to find out later they were going to get the check. So we were like, dang it. Like, man, we should have ordered oh, so much more food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I signed. So I signed contracts with the the manager, uh, Beverly Dean was her name and, and two agencies, a commercial and a theatrical agency. And and I started going on auditions and, you know, fast forward a, a few weeks, I had, I booked a commercial was my first job. And then the very next day I booked the lead in a, in a, in an independent feature film called quest of the Delta Knights. Most people have never seen it, uh, but it's a, it was a period piece. The whole thing was like an English accent and all this stuff. But I worked with awesome actors, David Warner, Olivia Hussey. Um, and, and that was, that, that was basically that, that was it. I was in the, I was in the industry. And so it was like one month, you know, it's interesting because I went into this thinking, be, being so naive and ignorant thinking, Oh, a month's a long time. Like if I'm going to yeah. make it in Hollywood, all I need is a month, you know, like that's, that's how everybody does it. You know, like you go down and in a month you have a lead in a movie. And, and I think a little bit of that naivety played into how calm and comfortable I was in these auditions, pretending to be characters because I did the stakes didn't, weren't high. I didn't understand. I didn't, it didn't mean what, you know, what it means I think to, to, to people now when we get kind of in, in ourselves and in our heads and right. anxious. And, um, and so it was very, it was freeing to be like, wait, they they just want me to get up here and pretend. Sure. And, <laughs> and that was, and that was it. I, I, uh, one of my next films was, was Robin Hood men in tights, Mel Brooks film. And, yes. um, my, and one of my favorites. On, Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it was fun. And then, and then literally from then on, I spent about half the year, every year up until I was 18 years old in, in LA. Um, we would go down and I, we would be there for the summer and then for pilot season. And then my siblings would come down for the summers and, you know, my parents would kind of try to coordinate where, you know, my dad could come down for a short period of time and, or my mom would go home and we would, we just tried to make it work. And then also, you know, trying to, to help my siblings, you know, pursue their interests as well. But, but it was a big, you know, I think it was a big, you know, sacrifice on my, for my entire family, um, for me to be able to kind of pursue this, this, this dream. And, you know, I, I love them and I'm, I'm grateful for them forever for, for their willingness to do that. Um, so, awesome. 
let's see. So that, yeah. So from then on, it was basically, I was, you know, it was film and television, you know, my, my whole career. I, I, I did a bunch of film, bunch of television, and then did, I had a TV show on ABC called teen angel. It was on TGIF and, um, you know, a couple other television shows and films and fast forward to 19 years old, decided to give it all up and go on a mission. And, um, I served a a Latter-day Saint mission in Australia for two years at 19. And it was it for a career for my career. I did a film called diamonds and another film called anywhere, but here both premiered while I was on my mission. So for my career, it was, it was pretty catastrophic to leave at the time I did that being said for me personally, spiritually, it was the greatest decision that I'd made up to that point, um, to go and, and prioritize something that I, I believed in and wanted to do. And so I left and had a wonderful experience, came back and kind of jumped back in and, did film how, how long do you want me to go do you want me to this is good of medicine <laughs> i i want to say no, i'm gonna go ahead stephanie then i have a compliment to pay so go ahead jump in I'll, i can go my story I, like i said <laughs> no I'm, this is I'm i want to get it. into the medicine part of it but i'm so fascinated because yeah. i've seen a lot of these shows like i said i've followed you since forever because you're amazing um you. but i know i don't i don't remember if it was you and i that was talking but i know it was michael flynn that you know and we had talked to yep. that changed mm-hmm. my son's life who was an actor in hollywood also yeah. and was trying to make the decision of going on a mission or contracting with these big movies that just came up for yeah. him. Right. And Michael said, you'll never regret going on a mission. You can always yeah. act when you get back, you know? That and is- so for you to make that transit, how did you make that decision? I mean, was it hard or was it just something you know you should do? You know, it was hard. And, and I think, you know, I think I'm, I'm envious of the people that it's, that it's not hard for. Um, that being said, I think the fact that it was challenging brought value to the experience for me Absolutely. because when I, de- when I decided it was, I could own it. No one was, you know, no one was, was making me go. And I had to kind of jump some hurt, you know, jump through some personal hurdles to, to get there. And, and it was interesting because I, I kind of knew leading up to the time I would, I, I was planning to serve a mission and my entire life I had, I had had the desire to do it. I looked at missionaries. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to do that. I want to do that. And I envied them in their, how solid they seemed in their testimony. And, you know, at 19 years old, you know, I'd lived on my own in LA for a year, um, leading up to my mission, doing a TV show. I mean, I had a, a, everything that could steer you in the opposite direction from pursuing mm. your faith was there and it was around me. And, and fortunately, because of my parents and the way I was taught and, and my siblings and, and my friends and the people that I, that I knew and associated with, I had an awesome foundation for, yep. for my faith. And, and though I, I did survive for a period of time, I think we all do in our youth, especially if we're, if we're brought up in, in the church or in any church, we kind of, we kind of exist. We fill the gaps maybe with the testimonies of others to help us kind sure. of um, know who we are and as we're growing. Where we come yeah. from. Exactly. As we're growing. And then at, you know, at 19, it was kind of like, there was this moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't survive on, on anybody else's testimony or belief. I have to kind of figure out if this, is this what I believe? Is this truly what I, you know, what I've been taught? I knew it was good. There was no, never any question about the goodness of it and the goodness of the principles and the, the teachings that I had come to love. But was it like, did I, did I believe all of it? Did I, was like all the way there? And truthfully, it wouldn't make any sense if I explained in deeper detail, other than I did have a dream yeah. <laughs> and this dream was very vivid. I was by myself. I was in LA and I had a dream that I was reliving my graduation day from high school. And 
and I, all of my friends were there and my closest buddies and in the dream it was so clear it was like they were all of them were disappearing in the dream almost like like just like fading into mist yeah and i knew when i woke up that it was they were all gone on their missions and i and it was like this thing i was like i wanted to follow them where they were going Mm. and i couldn't i was like i was still there and i was like and what was there was not as great as where they were. And, and I woke up, no joke, woke up that morning, had to wait till it was like late enough in the day to like call my bishop and be like, Hey, I, I gotta get this like papers. Like let's get, get this going. party started. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I gotta get going. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that was it. And I never looked back and, and, um, I went on my, and never questioned not one time, um, whether I should go from, from like that moment to this, to this day. Um, and there were, but there were many people, you know, eight, my agents were like, you've got to be joking, right? No one does this. No one, yeah. no one gets to where you are and leaves. Like that's just no one, people work their whole lives to get to doing, you know, studio feature films with super famous directors and actors with, you know, big roles and you, mm-hmm. and you're going to, you're going to up and leave. And it almost <laughs> seems like I was insulting them in some degree, but I was like, yeah, but this yeah. is, this is my life. Right. And, right. Um, <laughs> and I, so it was, I was torn at times. And I was like, man, should I, should I go? Should I not go? Can I do more just as an actor than I could as a missionary? And I realized, no, there were, there were people and things I needed to experience that were going to be paramount to my, my, my spiritual survival. I appreciate what you're saying because what I've gathered from this, the decisions that you've made, which are your decisions, you have a strong passion and you have a strong talent and it's inside of you. And you are saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move forward in these directions and it'll tie into what we talk about later today too. But you have this in you. I want to do this. Everything's pushing me to go that way, but I know I need to go this way. That takes a strength and fortitude of yourself that we all kind of have to have. No, I'm deciding that this is a good thing. And I'm going to move forward in that. So I appreciate that that's kind of how the acting was involved, how in the other stages of your life, you realize I've got a passion and a talent that it kind of bubbles inside of you. It's like, it's going to come out somewhere. So let's just go ahead and let it out. And then we get to benefit from the talents that you're putting in front of all of us and all the different uh, avenues that you went with that. So this is, I agree with your energy. Thank you. Well, thank you. I want to ask you a question because I know that your career kept going after you got home, (laughs) which is pretty amazing that, that it did, it could, and the great things that you've done, but previous to that, and then we'll get more into this. Was there any time on set or auditions or anything like that, that you can say there, this was a miracle that this happened? Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, there were, there were some, I think there were little miracles all the time. I I, Mm -hmm. like, I can think of times, um, I remember one time specifically on the set of a film and I don't know, I, 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 I'm going to call it a miracle, but it's, it's a, it's a pretty endearing story. I was pretty, I was, it was my first film. I was brand new and quite anxious to be, you know, on, on set carrying this film. And, um, I remember being really like intimidated by this member and I'm 12, you know, I'm a kid. So <laughs> I, re- I was super intimidated by this one guy and he was, a uh, he was, I think he was part of the grip crew. And this guy looked like, I mean, he would look like if you can imagine 
the like the classic Hell's Angel like outlaw biker. Like that's kind of <laughs> scary. Like kind of yeah. how this guy, yeah, long hair, beard, you know, covered in tattoos, jewelry, you know, and he was just just the most intimidating presence. And I remember I'd avoid him. You know, I'd be on set and I'd be kind of like, man this guy's like scary. And, you know, I'm from Utah and I wasn't used to like being around these kind of, you know, gruff, gruff people. And I, I remember being scared of him. And one day he came, he came up to my mom and I, and, um, and he said, his name was cool breeze, by the way, cool breeze was his name. <laughs> what a great name. And he came, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and he came up to my mom and I, and he's like, Hey, you know, where I heard you, Hey, I heard you from Utah. And I was like, Oh no. And, and he's like, Oh yeah, you, are you Mormons? And I had this moment of like, do I, do I answer this confidently and say, yeah, we are, what's it to you? You know, or, or, or do I just kind of shy away from who I am? And I think of the story because I remember my mom, she's like, yeah, yeah. She didn't even hesitate, you know, no, no fear at all. She's like, yeah, yeah, we are. And he's like, he's like, I, I don't think I've ever met a Mormon I didn't like. He says, hey, listen, if anybody on this set gives you gives you problems, I'll sort them out for you. <laughs> and this guy went this guy went from being this super intimidating guy to being like this guardian protector on set. And I remember feeling like safe because because this guy was had good experiences in his life with with members of the church at least my 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 in our case is so much so that they he actually got a a jar going on set that was like this i think it was like the swear jar or something like that and <laughs> if you if you cursed around me or my mom you had to put money in the jar and I would get the jar. I've heard of money. At the end. So, so the crew was all like re reinforced by this super intimidating guy. And so I, I ended up, you know, unfortunately for better or worse, made a lot of money, but the re the moral of the story is that, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I, you know, I went from being feeling very, you know, vulnerable and, and, and a bit insecure to having, the you know the gruffest of them all um end up being really the most christ-like and angelic and and i think that was just one of many experiences where um you know little little bits of of things that would happen um yep. just you know seem to just kind of sprinkle kind of be the calligraphy of my life i guess i love that i love having one of the things that comes to me people. is that reminds me of porter rockwell <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, exactly. That was, right, that was right. the prophet's bodyguard, this big old gruff, long-haired guy yeah. that took care of him, the most gentle giant out there. Um, right. Can you tell us what the name of that show was? Your first one the, that you did? Yeah, Quest of the Delta Knights. That was the that first was film I ever Delta did. Knights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's a silly, silly period piece. In fact, I think Mystery Science Theater like mocked it once, which I think <laughs> is like that's like. If if, there, if you can accomplish one thing in life, to have mystery science theater make fun yeah. of you did, I feel Big like that's a pretty good compliment. Yeah, yeah, that, I love mystery science theater. <laughs> yeah, it's there, it's out there. That's great. <laughs> that is awesome. So, Corbin, before we take a break, yeah. let's just very gently move in because I want I want to talk more about this when we get back because I think what you're doing is incredible. But let's talk more about the your medical, your desire for medical. Mm -hmm. When you were down on set doing all these different movies and TV shows and things, did you have your little your little um, medical Bible with you <laughs> when oh, you were down there? Yeah, I, I, well, no, I'm not sure. I think sometimes I did when I was, when I was on, on film sets and, and 
that, you know, that never, it never did leave me, you know, like it always, it always stuck in the back of my head that, that I wanted to be able to intervene in someone's life if they needed me mm-hmm. from a, you know, from a scratch on their leg to the most catastrophic, challenging things that people can face. There's something in me that just wants to be a part of making that better. Yep. And that's just been, I don't know my nature. I don't know if it's the, it's your talent. I don't know, your what, it, I don't know what it comes from, but it's, it's yeah. inside of you. It's going to come out. And so I think it's fantastic. my mom. My mom did find that book and regifted it to me. This was after PA school. She gave it, she found it in our, in our <laughs> books at home and gave it to me when I finished my medical training and uh and i wept i was like oh my gosh here it is you know it's all outdated i think if you did anything in that book now they'd die for yeah. sure but um <laughs> but it, it was uh very sentimental to me so i still have it in fact so that's fantastic that is so cool i love so it the one question i want to ask you we're going to go to break here in just a couple minutes when you were on your mission in australia yes. did anybody recognize you from any of your movies or tv shows or anything like that so I, I had a TV show, Teen Angel, that was on ABC. Like right. I said, it was on TGIF. Yeah. And I played the main character with, a, with another gentleman, Mike Damis, who played uh, the, other, the other lead. And strangely enough, it had already aired in the United States, but it started airing in Australia when I was there. And there were a few times I got, in fact, they did a special uh, news uh, um, article on me in one of my areas because a lady recognized me. She's like, what are you doing here? Like, why is this guy? And most people would be like, you look familiar, but never would they think that you're like knocking on their door, trying to share the gospel or your testimony. One time, the weirdest time ever though, was I was at literally at a door with my companion and I'd knocked on the door and uh, this, this lady came to the door and she had some kids in there and I'm talking to her and introduced myself hey we're you know we're missionaries and we're sharing this message and in the background i hear my own voice <laughs> and i'm like i can i'm like talking over myself and i'm like why like that sounds so and i look in the background and i my face is on their tv <laughs> and their kids are watching their kids are watching the teen angel and i'm talking to the mom at the door and I'm like, I didn't say anything. I didn't tell him nothing. I couldn't, I was like, what do I do? I'm like, if I say, hey, that's me on your that's TV. Me. <laughs> I, I, in hindsight, like I've gone, I've gone over this in my head a million times. I'm like, I should have been like, hey, it's a sign, right? Teen angel, like here I am. <laughs> here I am. Oh, the angels gosh. are here. You know, it oh, was like, there's great. so many things I'm like, I wish I would have said, but I just, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So that's the anyway, best so door approach this, I've ever yeah. heard of. That's it incredible. It was this very strange <laughs> moment of, of being at their door, seeing my own face and hearing my own voice in their house on their TV. It was funny. That is so do you, awesome. did she ever did you ever go back did i mean nope. you're wondering if she put that two uh, together when she turned back around and going no and i wish their kid, like if their kids had turned or anything but it was like this classic setup of her kids are facing the tv she's yeah. facing us i'm looking and i'm literally looking at my I'm like my face is looking back at my face <laughs> that is great and the kids like had the kids even turned around they would have been like wait hang on a second I feel like, yeah. I'm so stereo. Uh, it's yeah. Worlds colliding. That's cool. I know. I think that's yeah. so cool though. How fun I, is that? Yeah. I, I had to ask that question because I can totally see that happening. And we're going to talk about that more in the medical world. Cause you and I discussed that a little bit about what's happened with yeah. you being mm-hmm. in the medical world down there. So with that being said, we're going to take our first break here okay. and we are just having a delightful conversation with Corbin Allred. Stay tuned. Everybody that's listening. 
we want you to be listening to the rest of the story because where he's taken his life now, in addition to what he's been doing, has really been making a lot of difference for a lot of people and changing yes. lives. Yes. And as everything has been. But mm-hmm. this is really, really cool where he's decided to take his career part of his career path. He's still very much into the movies and TV shows, but you're going to want to hear the rest of this. So stay tuned. Don't leave. We'll be back in just about two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Hi, this is Ellie Meadows with Young Living Essential Oils. I invite you to skip the stress of the holidays this year and let Young Living take care of all of your gift-giving needs, from soothing bath bombs to delicious seasonal oil blends. Looking to make some extra money for the holidays? I'm currently accepting new team members who will have the exclusive opportunity to grow their business under the leadership of Jack Canfield, one of the top success coaches in America. For more information, find me on Facebook or Instagram under Oils with Ellie, that's E-L-L-I-E, or email me, Oils with Ellie at gmail.com. Isn't it interesting how we can be physically disconnected from others and yet be personally affected by the change and confusion of the world around us? We want moments of clarity and peace, and we need to feel connected to others in positive ways. A mindfulness practice can help decrease stress, increase feelings of well-being, and help us be more connected to those around us. To find out how mindfulness can do all this, go to mindfullab.net. You'll find tools and resources to start your mindfulness journey to Today at mindfullab.net. If you're looking for the highest quality CBD products on the market, visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com. Sunshine Family Hemp is a family-owned business located in the mountains of northern Utah. Our full-spectrum oral and topical products contain no artificial ingredients and are third-party tested by a DEA-certified lab. Online ordering is easy, and we ship nationwide. Sunshine Family Hemp has been in business since 2019 and is legally certified at both the state and federal level. Visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, friends. We are so happy to have you here. We are having quite the discussion with actor, <laughs> filmmaker. Wonderful. 
medical person, everything all around, incredible man, Corbin Allred. And Corbin, I like I said, I've followed you for a long time in your in your career, and I have always been very, very amazed and blessed at what you have done and as i said when i got Thank to you. meet you two weeks ago i i tried really hard not to pretend i was starstruck but i was very <laughs> starstruck going of all the people i wanted to interview corbin was one of them at the very top of the list and when i got yep. your promo that we we were going to be able to interview you i'm like doc do you know who this is do you know who this <laughs> the is? charisma is infectious it is well yeah. you are <laughs> so sweet thank you very much it was honestly it was my pleasure i had such a good time and if you remember you had to kick me off the show because I was do- going too long. So we're done with time. Was, we gotta- was, uh, yeah, we're, it's over. Cut, cut. I, just, yeah. no, I had such a great time. I really appreciate it. Well, we had a great time. And for those of you that are listening out there in Radio Land or watching on, on our Facebook page, this is going to be recorded. You'll be able to see this cute face on there. Not just mine, but Corbin's and Doug's. <laughs> that <was a> funny, <laughs> That's right. I have to throw it in there. But Corbin, you're such an amazing actor and an incredible person. Thank you. And I would like to just take it from there because what you're doing now, as we're talking in the break, what we Powerful. can do with our acting world, and and I've been in a, in the acting world for a long time. What we can do with that is really really important, and hopefully people are getting the message we want to put out there. But what you're doing now, with, since you've carried your little your little medical book around with you since you were a small child, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the transition and how you were able to decide to do that. We just got done talking about your mission and the people that <laughs> people that knew you over there, and now what you're doing because it's just such a beautiful beautiful transition i think well thank you thank you yeah i so i you know i after after i got back to los angeles um just continued working and it was a, a fairly seamless transition back into working in film and doing television and you know i was blessed throughout my career to stay very busy in, a, in an industry that's very challenging to stay busy in and i was able to make a living and and be comfortable and and but as i got I, I got married. I met my sweet wife and we got married and, and we lived in, in Los Angeles and we actually had my first child, um, Wyatt. And there was a time there where, um, the, if you remember the writer strike happened in 2007, I think it was. And, you know, writers and the, the writers guild stopped going to work. Right. And there was this kind of like gap in projects and it was interesting because at that time I was like okay now's the time because I had this plan to go to school I was 27 28 years old and I had never I'd enrolled in school and then I'd withdraw because I'd get a a film I'd enroll in school and then I'd withdraw and I'm like man am I ever going to be able to do this other thing that I love and Mm -hmm. and I knew that like I wasn't going to get there just doing a class or two here and there at the community college I'd never never get this goal so so it was like this writer strike happened and I was like, wow, I'm like, now's the time, like now's the time to go to school. And so I made this decision with my sweet wife and, and we were like, this is a huge deal, but we are going to uproot, move back to Utah and I'm going to go to school, like just full bore and, uh, and go into medicine. Yeah. And so we did. And I mean, it happened fast. I mean, the, the, the semester was happening and so we packed up and I'll fast forward through this, but I, we moved back to, to Cedar city, Utah. I did my undergrad at Southern Utah university and, and got my bachelor's degree there in, in, in biology. And, um, and I worked nine one one as a, as a first an EMT and then as a paramedic through that entire time. 
and also taught paramedic school at, at, at what was then Dixie, Dixie University. Um, mm. And uh, and that was I remember when I was doing my first I, I was taking care of my first patient when I was on the ambulance and they were they were critical. And I remember having this thought that I was like, this is the most I felt these times before where I was like, hey, what I was doing was important. But that was a moment where I was like, there is nothing more important in the world right now than me being here with this person. Well, and sorry. and I was like, I could be I, I could be a million other places, but it wouldn't matter as much as this matters. And and that just stuck with me. And I was like, I want to I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of, again, being there for people in their worst moments and make it just a little better. Doesn't mean I can save or fix everyone but a little bit better. And even if it's just a matter of holding someone's hand or showing love or mm-hmm. making them feel that, that in itself is healing in that moment. So I, from there, I went on to PA school up in Portland, Oregon and took a, oh, oh, through undergrad, I did do a few films. So I'd have like a break and then I'd do a film and my professor would be like, how are you doing movies? Like you have a movie coming out? Like you're, you're, you're taking 36 credits or 30. I did a couple of semesters and taking 32 credits. They're like, how are you doing movies? And I would, I'd find a way. And so I did the saints and soldiers airborne. I'd done the first saints and soldiers film. And then I did saints and soldiers airborne creed during school. Yes. And then, and then one of the, one of the real fascinating things and, and truly a miracle, I think is I had gotten into a PA program up in Portland, Oregon. And I was, it was a very, very prestigious program, you know, a ton of people applying. And, um, and I think there was like 2,400 or 2,600 applicants for 38 seats in the, in the, in the program. And I had gotten in and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to the school. And it was the number one school I wanted to go to. And right then when we were like months before we were about to start, we found out my wife was pregnant with our third and we found out that she was going to have some serious health complications. And um, everything in my world was like, whoa, hang on. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, we, we've ha- I have this path. I have this like, you know, everything's laid out. Like I've gotten into this program. Like how am I? And we realized like, we couldn't move to Portland. We had to move up to Salt Lake City to be at Primary Children's Hospital so that and we didn't know if she would live. We didn't know how serious her her issues would be. And we found out in while well, she was still in utero that that she was going to have spina bifida. Oh. Uh, and, and so, which is a mat, there's a massive spectrum of, of ability and, and, and disability within spina bifida, as well as even cognitive, um, ability and, and disability. And, mm-hmm. and we just didn't know. And it was literally, it was just this crazy time in my life. And I, I knew we had to move. I wasn't, I was going to ha- not have a job. I wasn't working EMS at that time. Cause we had to move up North. I didn't have film work. Um, because I'd taken this big break from film and we were about to get into school and literally didn't, I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet. And it was interesting. Speaking of miracles is I, I took it upon myself that I was like my entire life. I'm like, I'm going to, I, I want to fix other people's problems, right? I want to fix other people's problems. That's mm. what I want to be a part of. And now here was something I just felt so overwhelmed, but felt this burden of like, how can I make sure my family's okay? And how can I provide for them? And I remember my people were asking, how can I help? How can we help? How can we help? because we were losing insurance and it was going to be like super expensive. And sorry, I'm, this is this, I promise this aligns with what we're talking about. I love it. Uh, no, it's fascinating. I love it. But, Keep going. But, yeah. but I, 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 I talked to my dad. I said, no, you know, I don't know. Nobody helps. You know, people, people are like, well, what can we do? You know, do you need, and I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I got it. I got it. And I, I remember this pride of trying to be like, I'm going to carry the weight of all this. And I had some serious, um, you know, 
I had to come, I had to humble myself a lot. And I had a serious um, discussion with my dad and, and I, he said, well, you know, people want to help you. And I was like, you know, I'm like, we're, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And my dad's like, quit being so selfish. Mm. And I was like, I was like, wait, you know, and I get all mad. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not, I'm the opposite of selfish. Like I'm not burdening anyone. Like my, my job, like I don't want anybody's money. I don't want anybody's help. I don't want anybody's anything. I'm like, we can, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this problem. And, and I remember having this conversation and my dad said, why would you be so selfish to rob people of the opportunity to bless your life? Mm. And why are you not letting people love your unborn daughter? in the way that they can. And I was like, holy smokes. And I, it was just this, like, I mean, I get chills right now talking about this huge, this huge lesson, this huge lesson of, of when people are asking, Hey, how can I help? I want to help. Sometimes they mean it. Right. And, and I, I remember I, I, I opened up, the only thing I could do, because so people, so many people were far away, is is they had the new the new programs like GoFundMe. You could put in a thing, you know, to, to yeah, uh, right. like do the story. And I got on there, and I was like, man, I was I was so prideful. I was like, no, I'm an actor. Like I've worked in film. Like I can't get on here and like ask people for their help financially. And even though we had no money, I'd left my job. I was like, we were moving to. I had to live next door to my folks to try to get help to get to get at a primary children's hospital, and we didn't know how we were mm-hmm. going to pay the medical bills. Right. And, and I was like, my PA program was like on hold and like the world was falling around uh, apart around us. And I remember I, I posted this thing in a photograph and just kind of set our story of like what was happening, what we anticipated. And I remember I, I sent it and it started this little GoFundMe fundraiser thing just to say, Hey, you know, if you could help. And I was literally thinking like, yeah, you know, maybe some get help with gas to get there and back into these appointments <laughs> and things. Well, I clicked it and I went to bed and I woke back up and there was like there was like tens of thousands of dollars excuse me beautiful that people had strangers and people we knew and loved had been donating to help us and loving our child that wasn't born and um you know i went from being the person who was trying to always help to the person who needed it and so many people were so gracious and kind. I remember so, being so overwhelmed that I was like trying to cancel. I was like hitting the computer, like, no, 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 no. Like, I can't, I can't accept this. I can't take this. And, um, you know, my wife and I, we just wept and we just let it, she's like, just let people help if they want to help. Wow. And um, anyway, and that I has provided, it. yeah, that has provided for my daughter for a lot of things that we couldn't get covered in other ways um, that have allowed her to live a very full and, 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 and happy life and get some of the appointments that she needs. So anyway, that was, that was one of the miracles, but the other miracle was that during this time, this entire year that we had to wait, my PA program contacted me directly. This all happened like within days. And they said, Hey, we want you at Oregon, Oregon health sciences university. We want you here. You belong here. I will hold your seat as long as you need it. You take care of your family. Oh wow! And I was I like, and, and so I'm crying again. I'm like, wait, what? And, Miracles. And, you know, like, Miracles. yeah. And then, and then, and then I didn't have a job. Turns out the church contacts me and they say, Hey, can you meet us for this project? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm taking care of my family. I've got all these things happening. I'm like, I, I'm not doing film right now. 
they contacted me again. No, we really need to talk to you about this project. I was like, I'm not doing films right now. I'm trying to take care of my kids and I'm trying to do this. And I'm like, there's a lot going on. And, and my brother who is working on a church project, a very special one, contacted me directly and said, J Corbin, just shut up and meet me at the motion picture studio. I need to talk to you. That's awesome. About a project. I was like, what are you guys not understanding? I'm like, and I should have known, like, listen, you know, pay attention. Um, <laughs> that maybe if the church is contacting you, you should probably like, you know, say, hey, okay, I'll hear him out. Yeah. But I was so lost in my life. And so I went and met with my brother and that's, uh, that's when I, I, I was, I was asked to, to be a part of the, 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 the project, the temple project, mm -hmm. I guess I could say. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, and so I, then I suddenly had a job and not only that, I worked on that one. And then for the rest of the entire project, um, they said, you know what, we need, we need a medic, um, to, to be on set. Incredible. And I said, well, I, I, I've run a paramedic company for the last few years that does this sort of stuff. Could I be the medic? And they said, yeah. And so in, within the course of two or three days, I had a full-time job for a year, um, that supported my family. I had the, the, the help from people to accommodate our, our medical expenses and needs place to live and a deferred PA program that I went to later, uh, the following year. So I love it. I love it. So I've, yeah, they talk about so blessings and spirit. And that was it. Yeah. Um, service there's yeah. giving and receiving and sometimes receiving is the harder side of that equation. Oh yeah. And I've also heard it because it, it, it ties right into what you just said. Sometimes I've heard this from a friend of mine. He says, I go kicking and screaming into every blessing that I've ever got. And so <laughs> yeah. we, I, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. And I someone know. has to say, stabilize, you know, grab my head and say, look at me, listen, Yeah, we're going to do this. <laughs> oh, okay. So I grab my attention hard enough to get me to realize, oh, there's something bigger than me happening and you allow that yeah. to happen. So it's a wonderful blessing. In order for anyone to give anything, someone has to receive it. Something, right. right? So, yeah. so that's, uh, it's, it's hard to be the, re the receiver though. Sometimes we, we, very hard. We, we don't want to do it, right. but that well, was it. The that humility was my, of it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very, very challenging, but I, I went on and practiced medicine, took a, a full hiatus from film for, for a few years. I went to PA school, focused on emergency medicine. And then, um, and then in 2019, um, I got called by Garrett Batty, who I had done the Serata approach with, and he was doing this a new film another called, amazing one. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. He was doing a film called out of Liberty, which is a great film starring Jason Wade. And it was about Liberty jail. And, um, and speaking of Porter Rockwell, Garrett called me. He's like, Hey man, I need you for this part. And I was like, well, what is it? And he's like, he's like, listen, I know you're busy. I know he's like, but but he's like, I need you to do something cool with this character. I was like, well, who's the character? And he's like, it's Porter Rockwell. And I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Perfect. So, so, uh, so I played, so that was kind of my, my uh, return. And then, um, and then we moved back to Utah and the purpose of moving back to Utah, I'm, I'm still practicing medicine here, but now I realized that medicine, I'm not complete only doing medicine. I am not complete only doing film there is so much power in storytelling and so much healing and change and um, spirit in yes. storytelling. Yep. It's the only way we experience the world. We, we, we have our experiences and then everything else we can learn, we've learned through, through the storytelling of others, whether they've told us it, they've shown us a picture, they've shown us a movie, they've sung us a song, they've played us, you know, drawn a painting, something they've given us that we didn't have before. And I, I take that so seriously. And I think it's the most powerful, precious 
thing that we can do is to tell stories. And so I realized that I have to somehow merge these two things, this desire to heal and help with my ability to tell a story. And, and that's how it's come now full circle to where I, I, I'm, I, I'm writing a pro, writing projects, directing, producing projects, acting as well. And uh, I just wrote a, a children's book that I'm trying to self publish. If anybody has like, knows how to do that. I'm so Tell, us, no out there. Tell us about that. I've got a contact What's the name of that Corbin? What's the name so of that? It's the, the, the book, the book is called, um, um, a time to play and, it's the story is a, of a little girl. It ta- it's a great teaching tool, but it's of a little girl takes us through the days of the week and the seasons of the year. So there's a lot of teaching um, for young kids, but it's basically about how this little girl wants to go play every single day. And as she goes to play, someone needs her help. And so she has to put what she wanted to do second and, and play. And so she, every day she's willing to say, you know what? I can play, I can play another day. And I can help this person now. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so it takes her through basically through her life. And it's symbolically, it's kind of, as we carry ourselves through life, those moments that we've put off ourselves to help other people, those are returned to us in the end, because in the very end, she has all the people that help her come to her house to play. And basically the, the point is, is that I, I believe that in the life to come, potentially um, those people that we, that we put it before ourselves um, may come to us and remind us of, of, of what we did for them at that time. So that's the story. Um, it's all illustrated and it's all written and it's in poem form. So I'll send it to you guys, but so that's Me one too. thing. And then obviously these, these short films, sticks and stones and all that matters were the ones that I, the, my first two short films that we shot at the same time and I wrote and directed and produced. And they're specifically about um, helping people with, with um, you know, their mental health and, mm-hmm. and, um, powerful so yeah powerful and i love you've touched on that corbin because we talked about that a lot of the festival as well yeah. as in our communication because there's so many problems people are having right now with the mental health especially with the youth yep. and there's just so much yep. and i love that you have kind of focused what you're doing on helping those the youth and helping them understand how to deal with this because there's a lot of crazy in the world right now. Yes. And they need to know how to deal. We don't, adults don't know how to deal with it. How do we expect kids to know how to deal with it? Right. Yeah. It's snuck, it's snuck into our lives. You know, I think there's always been challenges and, and the people that struggle with their mental health, that's everyone. Like when we talk about people having mental health problems or whatever, that's all of us at some point or another, there isn't anyone that's going to escape it. Um, and, and when people, but it's, you know, recognizing what we can do and what we can change, having the ability to cope and have some resilience. That's one of the most important things that we, that we don't have as well. And, or as high, um, amounts as we maybe used to is this resilience. We've been able to, to, you know, escape to our devices. We've been able to mm-hmm. avoid, you know, coping in healthy ways. And so one of the things that I think is going to, and one of the reasons that I've kind of moved into this space is because young people and and young and old alike we consume media we consume video somebody telling us something stories we we consume it and we have to flood that that world with things that lift i use the acronym lift whenever i go and speak i speak to kids at schools and things and i use the acronym lift and it stands for for love inspire fulfill and teach yep and i feel like all of you people out there listening get your pencil and paper and he's going to tell you again because i am i love this yeah 
So Lyft, if, if we don't, and I'm making shirts, by the way, so reach out. I'm going to get some T-shirts for you. But Lyft <laughs> is, if you can live your life by, by this acronym, that what you put out there in the world, whether it's on social media, teaching, whether it's in your life, your family, your home, conversations, any interaction with another human being, if it doesn't cause that person or you to feel loved, inspired, fulfilled, or taught it's it's taking from us it's 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 a net negative experience it's not worth mm. our time mm-hmm. or energy and and so what i want to do with film and with these two short films all that matters and sticks and stones which you can find on youtube if you go to the corbin all red on my channel you can watch these two films and they're short they're six minutes long each um very powerful concise stories um but the point is to do those things to, to love inspire fulfill or teach and I want every film I do, whether it's a feature film or a short film, to fit into that because I don't think there's a better catalyst for change than, than the story itself. I can, I can talk to kids for hours, but I can show them five minutes of something. And if they see that and go, wait a second, that's me, and, and learn something, that, that the potential for change and for saving lives truly is, um, is magnified significantly. And here we are again, Corman. We have, we're done. Uh. Yeah, we can talk to him for hours, yep. but I want you to tell them again, how one, how they can get hold of you if they would like to yeah. order a shirt. And oh yeah, Doug and I both have connections on books, but I'm sure you're going to get bombarded with that too. Cause we want to get that <laughs> hey, out and get I, that published. I am. It's, it's so cute. Honestly, we're to the point where all I need to do, I don't even, I just don't, I've never done it. And I don't even know how to put, the photos and the 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 the, the um, text in a book format. I don't even know. I don't know. So I need we help. People. Smart, somebody we smarter people. than me. We know people. <laughs> yep, yep. Because we're doing it too. People. So yes. So yes, give yes. us your contact information, Corbin. How they so, can get hold of you? Yeah. So they can get a hold of me. So my my socials, Instagram is really the main one. Is the Corbin Allred. Um, uh, the, YouTube. The my Corbin yeah, Allred. the Corbin Allred. Um, YouTube is the Corbin Allred. Um, I'm Corbin Allred on Facebook. Um, if somebody wants to, I don't know if you give out emails here. If somebody wants to reach out to me, via like email, to it's, yep. it's C as in Corbin, M as in Michael. And then my, my uh, last name, A-L-L-R-E-D. And then the letters P-A-C. So PAC stands for physician assistant certified, but PAC at gmail.com. And, um, and you can reach out to me if you have, you know, contacts or interests, or if you've got a, a film, if you've got funds to do a film, if you want to tell a story to tell, um, we're constantly writing and coming up with new, new projects to help inspire and, and again, lift people. So you got that, right? That is just beautiful. And again, go on to YouTube, you guys onto the Corbin allred.com or the Corbin allred yeah. and go on to YouTube. You can watch these award-winning movies there. It's just such a pleasure. It, this has been so much fun, Corbin. Thank you so much. And I hope that where did the time the, go? Yeah. Yep. Always. Like I said, the show we just kept going and going. It's like, Oh wait, we're done. Oh, a Shoot, blessing. Dang, we're done. A blessing. So we'll have you back on again, Corbin. When we get your Beautiful. t-shirts going. Doug and I have got first dibs on those t-shirts. Absolutely. You know? Deal. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and looking to to help your book and get all, all that stuff done. So yep. anyway, we 
love you and appreciate you. you. And I'm still, I'm still a little bit of a clamp that you're on here with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm pretty happy about that. So anyway, thanks everybody. Yeah. My husband's over here blowing air on me. (laughs) Hey, it's okay. I I love you too. And and you've got my number. And if you're ever down here, you you don't have to be, you're, we're we're friends now. So so you can. Thank you. I love it. God bless you guys. Okay. And thank you everybody. I hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. We have just had an absolute pleasure with Corbin Allred. So look up his stuff, go on and check him out. And thank you, Corbin. We love you. Doug, love you like always brother. And we will see you guys next week. Love you too. Thanks guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health Show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. 